you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Everybody glad to be in the house of God today. Amen. Look at somebody next to you. Smile at them real big. Wake them up a little bit and say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Why don't you sing this song with me? It's a simple song, and and some of you elders in the room that know this song, you're going to have to grab a young person by the arm, and you're going to have to teach them the lyrics as we go. Is that all right? We're going to sing. By and by, when that morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the stories of how we've overcome. Now sing that out, say, by and by, when that morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we'll tell the stories of how we've overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by. Are you thankful that there's a day that's coming when we're going to go to a place called heaven and we're going to meet on the other side of that shore? In that great by and by. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, you may know this song and you may not, and you may have to teach the person next to you. It's real simple. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood. Of Jesus that washes white as snow. If you're thankful for that blood, would you sing? The blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus that washes white. Sing it one more time. Thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. If you're thankful for that blood today, would you clap your hands to the Lord? We love you, Jesus. We magnify you, God. We praise you, Lord.
Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm glad to be in the house of God today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to, the, to Genesis, the 25th chapter. Genesis, the 25th chapter. In case you're wondering where it's at, it's the first book in your Bible. So open up that book and go over to chapter 25. And you may have just figured out that I have a twin brother. And, and, and maybe it's your first time here today and you're saying, man, those two guys kind of look alike a little bit. I've got a twin brother and, and he's a talented worship leader. And, and you just found out the contrary um, of the other side uh, of that half. Um, but I want to talk to you about twins today. It's going to sound a little funny, isn't it? Genesis, the 25th chapter. Starting at verse 21, it goes like this. And Isaac entreated the Lord... For his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. Dylan, I hate to tell you that might have been you. And they called his name Esau. And after, and rather after that came his brother out. And his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old. And she bare them. And the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter. A man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. My dad loves us because he eats of our deer meat every year. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Would you sit your Bible down and just stretch your hands to heaven and call on the name of the Lord for just a moment. God, open our hearts and minds to receive from you. Speak to us in this place what we need to hear. God, I pray for every person, be it that they're a lifelong apostolic or a first-time guest. You've brought them here for a purpose. And you have a word for us in this place. And I pray that you would speak that word, not inhibited by anything that would stand in its way. Speak to us, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I, I thought about 
creatively titling the message today and having a little bit of fun with it. And, and you figured out I have a twin, and I thought about titling it, I have a twin, and you do too. And, and, and I thought about a couple of titles. I, I thought about entitling it something along the lines of two brothers fighting over food. And, and, and my brother and I know what that's all about. But we're not, I'm not talking about twins as you would know it. I'm not talking about my brother and I, although it's a, a fun play on words. I, I want to talk to you about something that much, is much, much deeper. And, and I want to talk to you on the topic of the two that are at war in you. The two that are at war in you. Some of you woke up. And somebody looked at you and they said, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And, and the truth is, is you didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You woke up being the wrong twin. And I want to tell you what that means. And I want to talk to you about that today. When we read in Genesis, the 25th chapter, we read of Isaac's wife and her barrenness. And, and when we read of barrenness, this is always very important. We find this all throughout the scripture, these stories of barrenness and the barren that give birth. And how many of you know that God moves on barren situations and, and God gives promises to barren people? And Isaac's wife is barren. She had no children. And, and, and she begins to inquire of the Lord and Isaac inquires of the Lord. And God moves on her and not only does, does she end up Bearing children, she, she gets more than she asked for. And you got to be careful what you pray. Because she was barren and she prayed for children and she ended up with two of them. And, and, and so we find this story of two twins. And if you read this without the lens of looking through the eyes of the Spirit and, and seeing what the Word of God would have to say for your life, you could hear this and you could say, what in the world does this have to do with my life? Why am I reading about a story of two twin brothers fighting over a bowl of soup, or, or rather one selling the other a bowl, a bowl of soup? And, and what in the world does this have to do with my life? And I want to talk to you about that today. The scripture said that when she went to inquire of the Lord, of why that these two were struggling inside of her, that the Lord spoke to her, and, and he said this, he said, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people. And the two that struggle in you are two manner of people. And, and, and we're going to get into what that means. But I want you to understand that they were struggling, and, and that there was a battle, and there was a war that was inside of her. And in case you don't know, there's a war inside of you. And every day that you wake up and you crawl out of bed, there are two that are fighting inside of your life. And there are two manner of people. One is of the flesh and one is of the spirit. And they're fighting over birthright. And they're struggling inside of you. And one's going to live and the other's got to die. And, 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 and when you woke up this morning, you had to decide when you put your feet down on the ground that you were going to live a life for the Lord and that you were going to come into the house of God and not binge on Netflix. And, and there was one twin that was wanting to binge on Netflix and wanting to stay home and have a bad attitude and talk negatively about the things of God. And there was another one that said, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And they're two and they're struggling inside of you. 
and they're struggling right now. One is concerned about the things of God, and the other is concerned about what you're going to eat after church. One is dwelling in the house of the Lord with unity and with the people of God, and the other is still mad at the person across the aisle for something they did five years ago. Because they're two, and they're in you. And, and, and that may, may not make much sense to you today. But, but they're struggling, and they're inside of her. And here's what the Lord says. He says that one is going to be stronger than the other. He says, the elder shall serve the younger. Meaning there was one that was born first. And, and normally, biblically, the firstborn is stronger. And the firstborn inherits birthright. The firstborn has the promises of his father and the promises of God upon his life. And, and it was known that the firstborn was to be the stronger of the children that were born. But we hear something that is almost countercultural in terms of Scripture. That the elder shall serve the younger. Meaning that the one, the one that was born first is going to serve the one that was born last. And as you read this, you quickly figure out what you're reading about. You figure out that the two twins you're reading about, that the two that are at war in you are the flesh and the spirit. And, and, and one was born on September 21st, 1998. That was my birthday. It was born first. Born of the flesh. Born of my mother's womb. But there was another that was born. And, and I don't know the date off the top of my head today, but I remember a day that I came to an altar and that I began to seek and inquire of the Lord. And as I began to seek for God... His spirit began to fill me. And I began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God gave the utterance. And I've heard good apostolic people when asked their birthday say, which one? Because there was the one when I was born to the flesh, but there was the one when I was born to the spirit. And, and maybe you can remember that day. Maybe it was in 98 or maybe it was 50, 60 years ago. But there was a day that, that, that body of flesh began to seek for God and God filled you with his spirit and you begin to speak with other tongues. And it's like a second birthday. In fact, it's a second birthday that contains a second birthright. And it's not a birthright pertaining to the promises of your physical father and the promises of this world and this earth, but that birthright contains the promises of God that when you're filled with his spirit and you become his son and you're born of God, you inherit all of the promises of God and the birthright that comes with being a child of God. But one was born first. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them your birthday. Some of y'all don't want to admit your age. That one was born first. Your mother, your father, they may remember that day. But it says that the elder is going to serve the younger. How many of you remember the day that God filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost? If you've never experienced that in this place, I want to tell you, you can leave this place being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And today can be day one. You may be 55, but you can be a one-year-old babe in Christ today. 
So the elder is going to serve the younger. The one that was born first is going to serve the one that was born last. And what we're reading of is we're reading of the fact that the spirit is going to have dominion over the flesh. And that the flesh is going to have to serve the spirit. Meaning that when you wake up in the morning... And, and one side of you wants to have a bad attitude and act nasty and not read the word of God and not pray and be mean to your spouse and, and, and trash talk the people of God, the elder's going to serve the younger. And you're going to wake up, and by the power of the Lord, you're going to put that flesh under subjection. And you're going to say, that's the old me, but there's a new me that was born. And we don't share the same birthday. There was a different day when God filled me with his spirit. And it wasn't a physical birth. And it wasn't for a momentary life. But it's for what's on the other side of the shore. The promises that are on the other side and the by and by. So the elder is going to serve the younger. And then it tells us, and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the reason they're twins is because they look alike. In fact, they're genetically pretty close. And, and they're twins because the two that struggle in you look alike. And, and, and one day you act like a child of God. And, 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 and another day you're living like a child of, of, of the devil. And I don't say that to be harsh today. That's scripture. And, and, and they look exactly alike. And this is why that you can walk in the house of God and you can put on a suit and you can put on a tie and you can put on a dress. And you can walk in and lift your hands and, and you know when to say amen and you know when to shout and you know when to, when to stand and when to sit. And, 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 and the person seated next to you may never know that there's another you that looks just like you. And it's on the days that you wake up that you haven't been praying it's in the moments that you've not been dwelling in on the word of God. It's in the moment, moments that anger and fear begins to grip you. And you begin to say things you never should have said. And act in ways you never should have acted. And, 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 and sin in ways that you never imagined that you could sin. And it looks just like you. And I want you to understand this today. That this is metaphor. And when we read of these two twins we're reading of the flesh and we're reading of the spirit and 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 you've got to decide which one's going to serve the other you've got to decide which one is going to go to work and and be a child of God or, or live like the devil and make jokes you shouldn't make and act in ways that you shouldn't act and the promises of God say that the elder is going to serve the younger and that you're going to put the flesh under subjection. And every single day you wake up, you've got to put that flesh under subjection. And you've got to remind that, that, that elder who's really in control. And that you're not going to be conquered by the things of the flesh, but you're going to walk in the spirit. And you're going to crucify the flesh that the spirit may live. As we continue on into the story, it says, And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. And, and they called his name Esau. And, and after that came his brother out, and his, his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And, and his name was called Jacob. And that name Jacob, it means a heel holder. 
It means a surplanter. It means one that is to take another's place. And what happens when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is that hand of Jacob, that spiritual nature in which you're really supposed to live, it reaches out and it grabs the things of the flesh and it puts it up under subjection that the Spirit is able to live. And it gives us some more information on these two twins. It says Esau was a cunning hunter. Some of you are thinking that's you today. You're a cunning whitetail deer hunter. Esau was a cunning hunter, and, and he was used to roaming the uncultivated wilderness, the, the areas of chaos, the areas that were off the beaten path. But when it speaks of Jacob, it says he was a, a plain man. And, and if you don't study the word roots in scripture, you can kind of get a kick out of that. One was a good hunter, and the other was a plain man that dwelled in tents. He was a mama's boy. But, but that's not what we're reading about. Because that same word for plain, a plain man, is the same word that we find in Job 1 when describing Job as being upright and perfect. It's the same word in, in Genesis, the sixth chapter, when, when again, it is using the word perfect. And, and the, the, the opposites, the, 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 these things that are contrary to one another, the picture that it's painting is that one lives in the areas of chaos and dwells in wildernesses and, and, and operates in areas of chaos and the other is upright and has integrity and is perfect and, and, and dwells in areas of order. And you'll find this war in your life of chaos and order and one dwells in secret places and one lives in chaos and one is consumed with pride and lust and greed and sin and things of the flesh and the other dwells in tents. The other is upright. The other has integrity. And they're at war inside of you. I've seen people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost very first time receiving the Spirit of God. And they'll walk out of a church service and they can't figure out why life gets so hard in those first few weeks. And the reason that life gets so hard in those first few weeks is it's birthing pains. And there's two and they're at war with one another. And if you're not used to living this life, when God fills you with his spirit, they're going to be at war in you for a while. And one has got to conquer the other. And as these two grow up, they grow up together. And then we find this account of two brothers fighting over food. But I propose to you that it's much more than that. And, and that it's a struggle that you and I face every single day. Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. This is where we get the Edomites. They're the people that descend from Esau. And, and verse 31 says, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. My brother and I figured out real quick when we were young 
that if we were going to trade things back and forth, that you could find some leveraging factor. And so if you wanted the extra French fry, then you got to trade something for that French fry. you got to give something for it. Some of you act like you've never had a sibling before, and you have no clue what I'm talking about. So, so, so Jacob, he proposes something. He says, okay, I'll give you a bowl of pottage. I'll give you the soup. But if I'm going to give you the soup, you're going to give me the birthright. And, and this can seem like it doesn't make any sense. And it can almost seem cosmic. But what you're reading about is you're reading about soup, about momentary satisfaction, temporal fulfillment, giving in to the lusts of the flesh. And what you're reading on the other hand is you're reading of the birthright. And the birthright is representative of the promises of the Father. The birthright you and I speak of are the promises of God. And it's the thing that's going to get you into heaven. And so on one side, there's momentary gratification. Temporal satisfaction. Giving into the lust of the flesh. And then on the other side... There's something that's going to get you into heaven. And, and, and Jacob says, okay, I see what you want. You want the bowl of soup. But if, if you want the bowl of soup, you've got to give me the birthright. And the reply that comes from Esau, from Edom at this time, it is a reply that almost doesn't make sense to you and I. If you, if you don't understand the context in which you're reading it, you hear Jacob propose something, and it seems to make sense. He says, behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do for me? And so, this is the factor. He's made a decision. He's made a decision to give into the temporal gratification of a bowl of soup, pottage, lentils, and, and this trade occurs. And there's the trade of the birthright. It says, then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And when Esau asks the question, what, what, what profits this birthright if I'm going to die? The rhetorical answer is right there in the word of God. And the answer is everything. That the birthright profits you everything when you die. You inherit the promises of God when the, when the flesh dies. And you get to enter into heaven when it dies. It's almost a rhetorical question, and you find it revealed throughout the Scripture that when this flesh and this carnality and this temporal way of living dies, the birthright profits everything. It's what's going to get you on the other side of the shore. It's, one, it's what's going to get you into heaven. And so the trade occurs. He gets his bowl of lentils. I don't even know what lentils are, but they don't sound that good. His bowl of red soup. And I don't know what kind of soup is red, but that doesn't sound good either. He felt like he was at the point to die. He needed the momentary satisfaction of 
filling his little carnal belly. And he trades the birthright. And what you may not understand today is there's going to come moments in your life that you face this very same decision. And on one hand, you've got what's going to fill your little carnal belly. Lust, greed, pride, all of these things of the flesh. And, 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 and you want to fill this thing called the flesh. And on the other side... You've got this birthright, and you've got this thing that belongs to the Spirit, and you've got this thing that's going to get you into heaven. And this is why that people choose one-night stands over getting on the other side of the shore. And this is why that people choose robbing a bank over living for God. And this is why that people choose drug addiction over being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is they're only thinking this far. And Esau said, if I don't eat soup, he was only thinking thinking about this far in time. If I don't get this, I'm going to die. But Jacob was thinking of what was to come. He was thinking about the birthright. He was thinking about what was going to get him, the promises. And, and, and when you're faced with those decisions, you shouldn't be thinking about the next five minutes of gratification and getting a high and sleeping with somebody when you're married and living like the devil. You should be thinking about the birthright and what's going to get you into heaven and what's going to get you into the promises of the Lord. They came to Jesus in the book of John and, and they said, they said, Master, eat. And, and Jesus gives a reply. He says, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. This thing that's going to sustain you in this life is not temporal gratification. It's not in a bottle. It's not in a pill. It's not in a needle. It's not in a broken relationship. It's not in sin. It's not in the world. But there is meat that this world knows not of. And the meat is to do the work of the Lord. This is why Jesus said it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And, and, and when you're feeling hungered for the things of this life, it's probably because you're not filling your spirit with the things of the bread of life. When you're not reading the word of God and when you're not praying, it's a lot easier to fill your belly with a bowl of soup. It's a lot easier to give, un, give, give yourself over to an ungodly friend. To give yourself over to addiction nobody knows about. And don't you kid yourself. There's two at war in you. And they look exactly alike. And the person seated next to you has no clue what bowls of soup you're tempted with. But let me tell, you, tell somebody that you don't have to give in to those things. But man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
We find this theme all throughout the word of God. We find it. We find it in the words of Jesus over and over and over. He says in Matthew, the, the 10th chapter and verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Some people are so worried about this temporal life and this, this moment right here and right now and what the next five minutes hold that they don't even consider eternity and they don't even consider a hell and they don't even consider the heaven. A heaven. Our, our generation is consumed with instantaneous gratification. You, you pull out that cell phone of yours if you weren't already on it. And, 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 and every five minutes, there, there's, a, there's a, a ding that's ringing through on that cell phone. And, and likes are coming through from Instagram and messages from Facebook. And it is training your mind for instant gratification. You post something and you get a response right now at this moment how you want it. And you can just watch them begin to roll through. And you can get yourself so accustomed to that that it's hard to live for God. This life is not about this moment. It's not about gratification right here, right now. It's not about what's going to get you through the next five minutes. But it's about what's going to get you in heaven. And this war, the two that dwell in you, it's the flesh and the spirit. I want to turn your attention to Romans, the 8th the chapter, starting at verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I love that passage of scripture. Whom walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Denominationalism will tell you there's no, therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But they forget the second half of that scripture. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us hath made me free from the law of sin and death Romans 6:23 says for the wages of sin is death sin's going to lead you to death flesh inevitably leads to death and in verse 3 it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Somebody point at yourself and say, that's in me. Who walk not after the flesh? But after the spirit, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Let me say that in another way. If you live a life for this moment and this world and the right here and the right now, this body's going to fade away. And, and, and living for the flesh leave, leads to death. But there's another half of you. And there's another that's inside of you. And I've come to remind you the promises of God that the elder is going to serve the younger and that you don't have to live a life serving the flesh. The scripture says that they that sin are servants of sin. Some people live that way. Their life is given over to alcoholism. Given over to pornography. Given over to drug addiction. Given over to all of these things. And they're servants to it. And they're handcuffed by it. And they're enslaved by it. And they live each and every moment selling everything they've got for a bowl of soup. You can see it in a drug addict that roams the streets at 3 a.m. That's lost homes and cars and children and marriages all for the next high. And you can see it in yourself when sin begins to call and, and, and when temptation begins to come. And in that moment, you're willing to sell all of the promises of God for momentary satisfaction. Galatians 6 verse 16 says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth, listen to this, against the spirit. They can't dwell with one another. A man can't serve two masters. You can't come in this place and act like it's all together and go back to your home and live like the devil and come back and act like you've got it together and go back home and live like the devil. It's not sustainable. And in doing so, you'll lose out on the promises of God. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. How many of you know what that's like? You come in church, the song's good, the sermon's good. You come to the front of the room and you make commitments to God. You say, God, I'm not going to go back to that lifestyle. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to live that way again. And it sounds really good until you get in that moment that this flesh gets hungry. And all of a sudden, that bowl of soup starts looking good. They're contrary to one another. But verse 18 gives us hope. It says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I also, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do things, rather do such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, effect, with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. They're two that dwell in you, and they have completely different characteristics. One's given over to idolatry, given over to witchcraft, given over to variance, given over to emulations, given over to strife. And the other is described by the fruits of the Spirit. The other has love. And the other has peace. And the other has a sound mind. And this is why that one day you can be on cloud nine living for God. And the next day you can feel down in the dumps and not understand what's going on. They look just like you. And one's got to serve the other. I wish to God that somebody would make up in their mind today that, that you're not going to feed the temporal. You're not going to give in to the lust of the flesh. You're not going to live for the momentary satisfaction of this life. But you're going to crucify the flesh that the spirit may live stand with me up on your feet and lift your hands to heaven God, right now, I pray that you would move upon the heart of someone that has been battling with the flesh, that has been battling with the secret and the hidden things. You want to fill them with your spirit today. You want the flesh to, to be conquered today that the spirit may live. Come on, call out unto God today. I know there's a war in you right now. And I know there's another side that doesn't want to pray, that doesn't want to call out to God, that doesn't want to lift your hands, that's too prideful to come to the altar. But today we're going to conquer that other side and the Spirit's going to live. Come on, as the music begins to come and they begin to sing, I want, I, I want you today to make a decision. I want you to make a decision of which one's going to serve the other. I want you to decide which one's going to die and which one's going to live. If that's you today, every eye closed, every head bowed, every hand raised. If that's you today, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're a child of God and you just want to overcome the things of the flesh. And you don't want to give in to those temporal things. I wish you'd grab the hand of somebody and come to the front of this room right now. Maybe you'd find somebody that's seated next to you and you'd just lead them to the front of this place and say, come with me. We're going to conquer this together. Come to the front of the room with me. We're going to overcome this thing together. Come on, I know Esau doesn't want to come to the front of this room. I know Esau doesn't want to lift his hands to God, but Jacob's going to live today. The Spirit's going to live today. Would you come? Would you call into God? Would you begin to talk to Him today? Would you begin to crucify the flesh today? One that's worthy to Maybe you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If that's you, maybe you just want to slip a hand in the air and somebody seated next to you can come over and lay hands on you. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. Make me in your image. Make me in your image. Wash me white as snow. Oh, purify this heart of mine.
as a body but this is an individual thing this is a decision as Jacob grabbed the hand of Esau or grabbed the heel of Esau this is a decision to conquer the things of the flesh to make a turnaround in your life to change it's to repent if you want to do that today just lift both of your hands and I want you to begin to talk to God Lord I want to change my life Lord cleanse my heart Forgive me of every sin. Forgive me for the lust of the flesh. Forgive me for the things that are at war in me that I've not yet conquered. Come on, talk to him right now. Esau doesn't want to talk, but you ought to open up your mouth and let Jacob talk for a moment. God, I need to conquer those things. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to leave that way. I don't want to live in war. But God, enable me to conquer the flesh. Come on, do you feel that freedom that's coming on you right now? Do you feel that freedom with the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty? He wants to set you free. You don't have to be a servant to sin. You don't have to be a slave to the flesh. God wants to set you free today. Come on, you ought to lift your voice to God. He hears you in this place, and He's here right now. You ought to talk to Him. You ought to let Jacob cry out. Oh, God. Purify this heart of mine Lord, I'm giving you control Let me be a vessel One that's worthy to be like to grab the hand of somebody next to you and pray over one another. God, I pray that you would be with each person as they would leave this place. And as that war would go on inside of them, I pray that they would choose to conquer the flesh and walk in the Spirit. I pray that in those secret moments and in those hidden places, that side that nobody knows, that they would choose that Esau's going to die, that Jacob's going to live. I pray that you would enable us and empower us to walk not after the lust of the flesh.